and good afternoon. Welcome to our Friday Lunch and Learn. Now today we're going to be talking about our microbiome. So what is the microbiome? Well, this is all of the critters, okay, collectively that live in your body. Okay, so we all have viruses, we all have bacteria, and we all have fungus and mold. Do I like that? No, I don't like that, but part it's all part of what makes us healthy, what keeps us healthy, and that kind of thing. So this is called our microbiome. So what we need to understand today is that the state or condition of your microbiome determines how well your immune system works. Your immune system determines how healthy you are and also the rate at which you are aging. So there's a lot of research being done on anti aging medicine and that kind of thing and one of the things that they're finding is that if you have a good microbiome a clean microbiome then you're going to be really really healthy and so um, just you may not know this but the microbes in your mouth right inside your mouth they produce nitric oxide nitric oxide for you gentlemen who are having erectile dysfunction, right? Nitric oxide is a nutrient that will help you in that department. You may be using mouthwash that kills microbes in your mouth that prevent the manufacture of nitric oxide. Now that doesn't only just happen there in your mouth, it happens other, way, other places in your body. But we so, in this country, are so clean and so focused on sanitation, and I'm not against that, so don't, don't hear that, but we do things that kill the microbiome on the inside of our bodies, and when we do that, we set ourselves up for sickness and disease. The microbiome in your mouth determines the health of your heart, okay? So if you've got rotting teeth, if you've got, um, you know, cavities that you're not dealing with, it can really lead to a heart attack. So you want to make sure that abscess teeth and all that kind of thing are taken care of because it absolutely affects your heart. Now, medical doctors do not understand the microbiome. They're just coming around to studying it. And so I'm going to be talking to you today about some studies that are recent studies and what the medical profession is thinking that they can do. Now, I have to laugh because I don't really think that what they're, th what they're going to be trying to do is going to work because as with all of medicine they're trying to make a one-size-fits-all and the beauty of our microbiome is that it is individual and unique to each and every one of us. This is why you can be in a household of five to six people, one person gets sick and the other people don't get sick. Why is that? Because all of the other people, their microbiome was intact and it was exactly suited to who they were, and the person that got sick was not. The microbiome was not healthy, it was not suited to who they were, all that kind of thing. So gut health is more than basic digestion, all right? A lot of times people will say, I don't have any gas and bloating, so my digestion is great. Well, that, that's good that you don't have that because when you have gas and bloating, we know your digestion is not great. But there are other things that are involved with digestion. Um, it starts in your mouth, 
all the way down to your bottom, right? And so we want to make sure that we're eating good food, we're absorbing good food, we're processing good food. That's what digestion is, 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 is the processing of the food, okay? And so we want to make sure that we have all of that, and it's really, really important. So the most important thing about your GI tract is the bacteria that is in there. Now, we don't call it bacteria because bacteria has a negative connotation. We call it flora. But honestly, what it is, is good bacteria. Now, when we are born, we have uh, bacteria that we get as we come through the birth canal and we are born into this world. If we are fortunate enough to be breastfed, then you get other uh, microbiota, okay, that is good for you from your mother. So your mother is your very first source of the good flora, okay? So this is really, really important. Anytime you take antibiotics, and we've all taken antibiotics from time to time, anytime we take antibiotics, we know that we are killing all of the flora in our body, the good bacteria and the bad bacteria. So when you are born, if you're born vaginally, you've got an 80% good bacteria to 20% bad bacteria. If you take antibiotics, you've got zero, zero, okay? It wipes out everything. Now, just like in your garden, when you go outside in the spring and you get all the, the winter refuse out and you replant your plants and you get all the weeds and all that, and it looks beautiful and you walk away for a couple of weeks, if you don't keep tending to that garden, what's going to happen? The flowers, may they may survive, but you're going to get the uh, weeds and the weeds are going to come and overtake your garden. And it's the same thing with your gut. If you take antibiotics and you don't plant the good probiotics back in there, then you're going to get just the weeds, the bad bacteria, and you're going to be overgrown with that. And sadly, because our food here in the United States, our meat and our poultry is full of hormones and antibiotics, then we are getting antibiotics, whether we know it or not, through our food supply. So it's really, really important for us to make sure that we keep our microbiota very, very uh, clean. And so we need to understand that. Now, the microbiota, the, the probiotics, the good bacteria, they produce metabolites. Now, metabolites are chemical processes that happen when organisms come together. And remember, I said that our gut is full of critters, okay? So we've got viruses, we've got fungus, we've got germs, and we've got bacteria, all right? So the good bacteria helps the gut digest the food, and it turns nutrients into metabolites that affect both our physical and our mental health. So people that have mental health issues, people that have emotional issues, if they're chronic issues, we want to look to the gut because we know in the holistic world that your gut is, uh, your gut and your brain connection is the key to good health. Most people have that severed. When we, when we have people that come in for the first time, their gut and their brain are not connected. And so that's one of the first things that we have to do because we know that the gut influences everything. The gut actually tells the brain how to think. And so if you've got bad bacteria in the gut, then you're going to not think correctly and your mental health is going to decline. Among other things, the microbial metabolites influence your immune maturation, 
your immune homeostasis and a host of energy metabolism and maintenance of mucosal integrity. So let me break that down for you. Immune maturation, your immune system is strong, your immune system is competent, that it is a mature immune system. Your immune homeostasis means that everything is in balance, all right? So just giving you um, how we work, and I do all the things that I tell you to do, okay? So we know that a couple of years ago, we the whole world was bombarded, right? Steve and I happened to uh, be on a cruise in February of that year, and my parents were kind of freaking out because they thought that I was going to get sick and die, right? I wasn't worried about getting sick and dying. Why is that? Because I keep my immune system healthy. Now, do I just ignore what's going on around me? No, I don't. Uh, before we went on this cruise, we started taking some natural antivirals, all right? We took them morning and evening. A couple of days before we got on the cruise, we took them morning and evening during the cruise, and then we took them morning and evening for about a week after the cruise. We didn't get sick. Okay, now a lot of people on the boat did get sick, but we did not. Why? Because our immune system is mature and our immune system is in balance. So when the, the critters, the outside critters come in, they don't have a problem. We don't have a problem with it because we are able to withstand it because how we live our life. Okay, there is a new research that was published in the Nature Reviews Gastroenterology and Heptology some bacteria produces bioactive neurotransmitters, all right? So what is a bioactive neurotransmitter? Well, your, your neurotransmitters are in your brain. So if you have bioactive neurotransmitters that this bacteria produces, that means what's going on in your gut is going to affect your brain and your thought process. So that's important to understand that bacteria in the gut contributes to amino acids, lipids and sugars linked to processes such as digestion and circulation. Metabolites also are involved in synthesizing hormones. So ladies of a certain age, if you're having hormone issues, you might look to the gut because the gut helps the body synthesize the hormones. Hormones are made from cholesterol right? So the current trend in the medical community is to get your cholesterol as low as possible, even down to 100 points. Now, used to be that if you were at 220, 200, you were, you were good, but they started lowering that in around the 1970s. And now your medical doctors are going to want you to have your cholesterol down to 100. Well, I'm just telling you, if you get your cholesterol down to 100, you are not going to have enough cholesterol to go around. Your cholesterol is uh, a component of every cell membrane that you have, and you have trillions of cells in your body. Your cholesterol is what runs your brain, and your cholesterol is what synthesizes all of your hormones. So, if your cholesterol is too low, you're not going to be able to uh, get those hormones done. And if your gut is not right, then you're not going to produce the lipids that you need in order to do that. So the gut microbiome is extremely important. There are actually trillions of bugs in our gut. Trillions, all right? And so we need to understand that. We need to know that most of them are friendly and we want to cultivate those. And the bad ones, you know, if the good ones are 
strong enough and mature enough, they'll actually push the old ones out, and that's what we want, okay? They have a short lifespan, but they adapt very quickly, all right? And so we need to know that. The human microbiome is a new frontier in modern medicine in which many scientists and researchers are trying to find explanations for and perhaps treatment for autoimmune disease. So your medical doctors are saying that autoimmune disease happens in the gut. And so we know that, we've known that forever, now the medical people are catching up with us, all right, which is a good thing because we want everybody to pay attention to their gut. And we know we, we have a lot, a lot of our clientele is autoimmune, all right? They come in, their blood work shows, what their blood work shows, and when they work with us for a while. Now, autoimmune is not turned around overnight, but if they work with us for the period of time that it takes to do that, their blood work changes and the doctor says you no longer have XYZ autoimmune disease. And so that's really exciting. We love that when that happens because that's why we do what we do is because we want to restore health to the human body. All right. So when we have an autoimmune disease, that means that our immune system is no longer fighting outside invaders. It's fighting ourselves. All right. And so we want to make sure that that does not happen. And one of the ways that we keep that from happening is to make sure that our gut is competent. All right. The composition and changes among gut microbiota have already been associated with diseases that range from gastrointestinal inflammatory to medical uh, conditions, sorry, metabolic conditions such as neurological diseases, cardiovascular diseases, and respiratory issues. So how many people do you know that are on heart medicine? A lot. How many people do you know that are suffering from anxiety and panic attacks? Quite a few, right? And it's probably because of our gut microbiome. Now, the microbiome has a significant effect on other pathogenic microbes. Each microbiome reacts uniquely when attacked by viral pathogens. So my, what's inside of me and what's inside of you is probably not the same, okay? Number one, we don't live together, okay? Number two, we're in various parts of the city and various parts of the country. And in some, some of my friends watching are international, all right? And so we're not going to have the same gut microbiome. But that's okay if what we have is competent, all right? Doctors and researchers don't understand how this works, okay? They say, quote, we care about the biome, of course, because we believe, hopefully, that we can promote health by altering or intervening in the biome, and that's sort of a core question. Now, number one, I don't want anybody intervening in my microbiome, okay? I want to eat good food. I want to do the things that I know will restore health. And having a medical doctor intervene with medications is not something that I want to happen, okay? And so I'm real kind of particular. I had to laugh about that. But this is what uh, Dr. Neil Stolman, who is the, ch the chairman of the gastroenterology at the Alta Bates Summit Medical Center said at a recent Malibu uh, microbiome meeting on a conference on the microbiome. 
Okay, so those are his credentials, and he says if we can intervene, then we can we can do that. Okay, so I I don't like the word intervene. Okay, we don't want to intervene. What we want to do is to encourage to recede the good uh, probiotics in there and just let our bodies do what our bodies know how to do. And our bodies are survival organisms. They want to be well. They want to be healthy. And we, if we give them just a little bit of a push, they're going to do what they need to uh, do. Okay. So in a 2019 review on microorganisms, several studies looked at the way the ecosystem of the human biome changes human microbiome changes as we age. The study sought to document the way the microbiome shifts in response to habits, diets, exercise, and diseases. So if we have good diets, if we have good habits, then we're going to be more healthy. I mean, frankly, as a young mom, I lived in Scotland and England, right? There was no such thing, I can't say there was no such thing, but there was not prevalence of fast food and manufactured foods and processed foods. Pretty much everything was done by hand. We would have the green grocery truck come to the door uh, once a week. We'd buy our fruits and vegetables. We'd have the dairy come every day. We'd get our eggs, our yogurt, our milk, and that kind of thing. And then I would go to the butcher uh, once a week to get the meats that we needed for the, for the week. So my children did not grow up on packaged food. They didn't grow up on uh, processed food or, or anything like that. And so they started out life with a really healthy gut because of where we live. Now, if we've lived here in the States, it would have been a totally different thing because the, the culture is just different and their response to food is different. And so um, thankfully, they had good habits and they had good diet. The simplistic conclusion is that a healthy balance of the microorganisms allow the body to perform metabolic and immune functions that present prevent disease development, all right? So let me say that in plain old English. If you have good habits, you don't smoke, drink, run around, all those, all those things, right? You eat good food, you rest, good rest, then your body is going to be healthy and it's going to know what to do to prevent the disease process. And really, that's what health is all about. When you have a sickness, you have a disease, then you're going to have some kind of gut microbiome issue that allowed that frequency of that disease to take root in your cells and it overpowered your immune system so now that you're in a disease state. So we think or we're told or we absorb through the environment that, oh, I'm sick because I'm old. I'm sick because I ran into something. No, we're sick because we didn't take care of ourselves when we were young. We didn't take care of those little things and those little things just got bigger and bigger and bigger. So we want to understand that if we take care of the microbiome, then we're going to be able to restore our health. And so that is a huge, huge benefit and hope, okay? So if the healthy balance is lost, it can be much like an ecosystem that loses crucial plants or animals and it faces collapse. So that's what happens when we get into an autoimmune disease. That's what happens when we have chronic disease is that we've been sick for so long that our ecosystem just collapses, all right? And so hopefully that's not you, that's not me. Um, 
we want to be able to deal with the invasive species that we're going to have that we come in contact with because we don't live on an island. You know, I work in an office. I've got people coming and going all day long. We're exchanging air. We're touching each other, all that kind of stuff. And so I'm being exposed to other people's microbiome. That in turn makes my microbiome much healthier because it sees other critters, right? And it can determine if those critters are good for me or bad for me and act accordingly. All right, so research calls an imbalance of the microbiome, it calls dysbiosis, right? So a dysfunction of the biological system, dysbiosis. And we check, when you come and see me, we check for dysbiosis and to what degree of dysbiosis we have, all right? Research has also linked the gut microbiome with cardiovascular disease, asthma, allergies, eczema, non-fatty liver disease, all right, and all of that is according to a 2021 article in the European Journal of Clinical Nutrition, all right. They're not sure if disease causes the imbalance or the imbalance causes the disease, but I'm going to tell you from a holistic perspective, you're not getting diabetes because you have a deficit of metformin in your body. All right, you're getting you're getting diabetes because you have a deficit of the healthy microbiome in your body. And so, uh, yes, Velma, I agree with you. If you have a garden and you're tilling that garden and you're loving that garden and you're eating from that garden, then you're getting really, really good food that your body can take and turn into the nutrients that you need to feed your microbiome. Okay, so I'm going to read this quote and then I'm going to break it down for you. All right. The commensural bacteria calibrate the activation threshold of innate antiviral immunity. This was a quote from the title of the study that was published in the journal Immunity in 2012. In other words, the bacteria prime the immune system to protect the body from viral replication, severe illness, and death. All right, so this good bacteria that we have is something that we need in order to stay healthy. The study pointed out that the loss of commensural bacteria is associated with severe illness and mortality in influenza and that treatment with probiotics is beneficial to gastric uh, to viral gastroenteritis and viral respiratory infection. Now, if you've got gastroenteritis, right, you're going to go to the doctor. The doctor is going to give you an antibiotic, right, and the antibiotic is going to do whatever it's going to do in your gut. Now, it's going to kill all of the good bacteria. So the doctors are now finding that if they just give you probiotics, those good bacteria are going to make an environment that's inhospitable to the viral disease or the respiratory disease. And that's really, really important because we're not going to, unless we go and find where the Garden of Eden is, okay, and I don't know where it is, and I don't think you know where it is either, right? Until we are able to go to that place, we're always going to be coming into contact with pathogens. The only difference between someone that is chronically sick and someone that never gets sick is that they have a healthy microbiome, okay? And so that is something that the medical profession is, is beginning to learn 
And they're saying in their studies that if they treat the patient with probiotics instead of antibiotics, that they're able to uh, cure these infections, all right? Uh, there was a study done by um, Dr. Sabine Hazan, who is a gastroenterologist and a researcher, and he explained in the recent Malibu uh, microbiome meeting that her research uh, illustrates that the levels of bifidobacteria create a protective factor against the virus everybody is so afraid of. She concluded from her study that the lower levels of bifidobacterium were associated with infection. So, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to tell you, this is from a scientist that is discussing the microbiome and what she's saying that if we've got the right probiotics, then it's just great and we're going to be protected from viral uh, diseases. So, one of the things that we do here and in our home, this little packet, right? You put this little packet in a bottle of water and you shake it up and you drink it. And this is like miracle grow for your good probiotics, okay? It comes in a little bag. Easy, easy, easy. You're not popping pills. And it tastes good. It tastes like watermelon and raspberries. So, some people don't like it. I don't think it's offensive at all. And so it's one little packet a day is all you need to do in order to keep your microbiome doing what it needs to do. Now, if you don't like liquid things, and some people are like skittish about liquid things, we've got really good spore form uh, probiotics. Now, why do I like spore form? Because it survives the hydrochloric acid in your stomach. It survives the first pass of your liver, so it gets down into your large intestine where it needs to be, okay? And so we've got these as well. If you just did that little bitty thing, you could probably forget about getting sick with a virus, okay? It's important that we not be living in fear, all right? Viruses are known to penetrate an altered biome. Hazan postulated that the prevalence of dysbiotic, imbalanced microbiomes in America could explain why we had such disasters here with the current, um, you know what I'm talking about. I can't say those words because um, YouTube will take me off for medical misinformation, so you know what I'm coming from. Maybe, she says, maybe it's about the lost microbiome that made us susceptible. We've lost the bifidobacteria and we need to replenish them. The microbiome tells the story. It's the forensics of medicines. Future studies could determine what conventional microbes could be used therapeutically to boost viral resistance, a 2020 study in the journal Cell suggests. Researchers envisit a future where the microbiome is leveraged not just as a diagnostic tool, but also to intervene for desirable physiological effects. Now, this is another one of those things I had to just laugh about. If your microbiome is healthy, there won't need to be any interference because we're healthy. Now, the thing that makes me healthy is XYZ. My husband, who lives with me, we share, you know, the same space, the same environment, all that kind of stuff. He is a man. He's going to need different things than I need because of those differences. We need some of the same things, but he's at this age. I'm at this age. I'm female. He's male. 
all the different things that make us unique, our internal environment is going to adapt to that, it's going to compensate for that, and our body knows what we need in order to stay healthy. So when a doctor's saying, oh, let me leverage what's going in there, or let me change it, I'm not so happy about that, because I think if we eat right and we do the right things, our body will just take care of itself, okay? One of the exciting things that we want to look forward to is that the doctors are now realizing the importance of correcting a microbiome that has become dysbiotic. So the fact that they recognize that it all starts in the gut is really, really a good idea, and I'm happy about that. Most of the time when you go to the doctor, you'll tell the doctor your symptoms, the doctor will look at the symptoms, label the symptoms, and give you the prescription that will shut off those symptoms. They normally do not correct the cause of the sickness and disease. Holistically, that's what we do. We look at, um, I tested people today, you know, there were, there were parasitic uh, infestations, there were microbiomes, uh, uh, micro, well, that was not the right word, I apologize. There was bacteria that was not the good kind that was taken over uh, the colon and that kind of thing. And so uh, she had already, this lady I'm talking about right now had already been to her doctor. The doctor had said, oh, you have, a, a, you have an infection in your colon. Here are some antibiotics. Well, we're able to discern what the bacteria is and we're able to create a remedy for it. And I do believe that she's going to have a really, really good outcome because we are correcting the dysbiosis so that she's going to be able to come out of that disease process. All right. We know that the process of populating the microbiome starts during birth when the newborns receive the bacteria from their mothers that help them prevent harmful opportunistic bacteria from colonizing in the baby's microbiome. All right. As we age, we acquire microbes in two ways, vertically from our parents, okay, and then horizontally from our environment, including our food. Now, one of the things I did not know this, this was like, oh, you know, it was a word that I had never heard of before, and um, research is showing that babies who are born by C-section, because they don't have this natural through the birth canal where they get inoculated with the good bacteria, okay, and more and more young moms are having the um, uh, oh, I can't remember that word. Uh, the C-sections, elective, elective is what I was looking for. Elective C-sections. They don't need it because the baby's in distress. They need, they want it because they want to be able to plan the birth. They want to be able to whatever they want to do. They want to do that. So what the medical profession now is doing is they are. Uh, understanding that the microbiome being wrong or being in dysbiosis encourages disease. So now they're doing what they call vaginal seeding, okay, S-E-E-D-I-N-G. I had never heard that. I had to look that up to see what that is. Well, what they do for the mothers who are doing elective C-sections is they're taking a sterile cloth and they are swabbing her vagina before she gives birth 
when the baby is born, they are taking that cloth and rubbing it all over the baby, over his face, over his body, all, all over him in order to try and recover the microbiome that the baby didn't get because the baby didn't go through the birth canal. Now, there are some people that think this is a good thing. There's some people that think that that's a bad thing. Um, I'm not quite sure how I feel about that. I had both of my babies vaginally, and so you know, they're healthy and all that kind of good stuff, so we didn't have to worry about that. But that is something that at least the medical profession is trying to uh, compensate for the babies not having that when they are born, all right? So um, the Food and Drug Administration considers vaginal secretions as biologic and subject to new drug regulations. So I just had to laugh about that because honestly, you know, I would not think that anybody would call your vaginal secretions a medicine, okay? I do see how they're using it. I do understand their thought process, but for the government to then come along and say, oh, well, this is a new drug and we need to regulate it and license it and blah, 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 you know, just, just some things are just too crazy for words. So hopefully by now you need to go to your cabinet and get out your probiotics or your little sachet and you need to be uh, doing this as part of your daily routine because if you are always planting the good bacteria then what you're going to find is you're going to be less opportunistic for the bad bacteria and the viral infections that come along and invade your area because of the dysbiosis that you have because of your bad habits, your bad diet, all that kind of thing. So these are some things, easy things. They're not that expensive. It's less than $2.50 a day, right? Starbucks is what, 4 to $5 a day, depending on what you get. And that is something that people don't even think twice about spending money on. And so you want to just look at that and see what you think. It's easy, easy, easy. One of the most easy things that you can do to prevent sickness and disease. So it's the weekend. It's time to uh, shut down, get some relaxation, some rest, some self-care, and that kind of thing. So I will see you next week. Friday. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for liking, sharing, commenting, and I will see you next time.